the armor was given to my father, Django, by your forebears. In exchange, I guarantee the safety of the child, as well as faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another fantastic discussion on Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. With me today is Mr. Mark Austin, who played Boba Fett in Star Wars A New Hope, the special edition. And to help me with the interview and discussion is none other than Darth Drivel. It's going to be a great show, so don't go anywhere. With me today, we have a returning guest who we are lucky to get just once. I don't know what we're doing that we're so lucky to have him back. Uh, but with me is Mr. Mark Austin, who played Boba Fett in the Star Wars uh, Special Edition, uh, A New Hope. And he's also a, a digital uh, CGI computer animator artist. He's worked in the industry for years and years. And we're going to get into Boba Fett. Uh, as you know, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks with Boba Fett. And also joining me for the discussion is our master faker, Mr. Mr. Darth Drivel. So, uh, how's it going today, Mark? It's great to have you in the studio. Uh, it's great here in Los Angeles. Sunny. It's a bright uh, Sunday morning, and I'm ready for questions. It's a bright, shiny day on Tatooine. Boba Fett's on the throne, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Ever since Friday, it's been sunshine. Excellent. Well, um, I want to start off uh, just, you know, just because this would be uh, very inappropriate if I didn't mention it first off with the passing recently of Mr. Jeremy Bullock. Um, I just want you to give us, you know, your feelings on it. Uh, what, what, how did, how have you reacted? Have you been in touch with his family at all or any other fans? Uh, you know, everybody seems to just be really mourning his loss. Yeah, well, Jer- for, for me, I mean, Jeremy was my my hero. I, I, I was kind of doing another talk and I was saying about there's very few people that I knew. I was a big Star Wars fan as a kid, but I didn't really care. I didn't really know everybody. I didn't know every monster who was in you know, every costume, but I did know who was Boba Fett. You know, Boba Fett, uh, all the main characters, I, I didn't know their, the actors' names. And so I was a big uh, Jeremy Bullock fan from uh, 1980. So like 40 years of being a fan. And it got to the point where I was, I'd met a lot of the guys, but I'd never met Jeremy. And I spoke to um, Aaron Proctor, the, the head of the Boba Fett Fan Club. He kind of arranged for me to kind of meet Jeremy at the 2016 Los Angeles celebration. And Jeremy had always said, I'm sure we've had lunch together. I'm like, no, I would remember if I had lunch with Boba Fett. I'm sorry. That's not something that just like slips your mind. If I had had lunch with Jeremy Bullock, that would be a brain tattoo. So, so anyway, so I was trying to get word to him that no, we haven't had lunch. And yes, I did want to meet him. I think it was confusing me with Don Bees in the special edition of Return of the Jedi. So anyway, so 2016, I got to meet him. And from that point onwards, it was like it's like it's like a relative of mine. It was like my uncle or something like that. Wow. And and it was and you don't ever think that they're gonna remember your name. And yet he'd remember I saw him the following year in London, and I spent the whole uh con between Jeremy this side and Alan Harris on this side. I was in like the best company. Like, because both of those guys, Alan Harris is probably the closest to Jeremy that you'll get for like quality of human being. And um, he's just flawless. Like, you would never find anybody. I, I, I challenge anybody out there to say a bad word about Jeremy. He, flawless, mm-hmm. flawless guy. And, and uh, we were going to do a panel. There was uh, myself, Jeremy. Dickie Beer and Alan Harris. And so they're going to have four Boba Fett's on the stage for Q&A. And um, we were off stage waiting to go on. And Jeremy's all like, you know, are you ready? Are you ready? Kind of, you know, you're getting everyone pumped up. Because he is as big a fan of Boba Fett as anybody else. He's Over the years, he's, you know, he's just got it down. He is like the Fett father, we called him. But he would, uh, he would always be saying, like, oh, you guys are going to, you know, you're going to be passing the torch. We're passing the torch on to you guys. You're, you're the, you know, the next line of pets that are going to be doing this. I'm like, no, you need, you'll never retire, Jeremy. Don't give me that. <laughs> you know, don't give me that. I don't want to see you go. And he's talking about retirement, obviously, but, you know, um, that was the last time I saw him. And if I'd known that that was the last time I was going to see him, I, I would have made more of it. 
I, I just thought that okay, I'll see you at the next one, you know, because right, it's just the way we were. We kind of like we, we it's, it's certain people that you always bump into. I always bump into Yak Face, like Sean Crawford. Always bump into Yak Face, like every can't ever uh, every other con. Uh, I was I was bump into him, so I just thought I was going to see Jeremy again, and in fact, I never did. Yeah. Actually, I heard I heard a week before it happened um, that he was uh, not good. Uh, it was kind of they didn't want to get him out, so I didn't in rough shape. Oh. Yeah, so I knew the Saturday before I was uh, with uh, Daniel Logan at his house, and um, yeah, I you know his fingers crossed, but it didn't sound good back then. So when when I did hear on Friday, it wasn't as big a shock as it might have been to other people. You had a little bit of time to, to prepare, I mean, for just dealing with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there was a week of hoping that, that they were wrong. You know? Right. Um, but that just, when I, when, I, when, I heard you, when I heard the name, I knew what happened. I knew that it. I think a lot of fans were surprised, and, and the timing was odd. I mean, just just the fact that it happened right along this time that Boba Fett released, coming back into into lore. I know it's like so much good that, that, that we've waited. I've, I've told people when they ask me about my reaction, I told people that, that there's two most asked questions. One was how cool was it to dress up in the suit? What was it like being Boba Fett? That's the first question. The second biggest question is, uh, did you make out the Sarlacc? And uh, I could finally say yes. Huh? <laughs> it was like right. I'd wait, I've, been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting since 1980. I skipped Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was like, a, oh my god, what happened? You know. I, I, but since 1980, I've been waiting to see Boba Fett, you know, kick some ass, basically. Yeah. And so, for all my dreams to be fulfilled, 40 years later. And, you know, all of it being crammed into this short space of a, a month. And for that to happen right in the middle or at the pinnacle, just before the finale, it was just like, it was devastating. It was like the worst, the worst time it could happen. Uh, you know, Storm Duper had recently a birthday. And one of the things that Mrs. Duper always gets tired of hearing me complain about is, oh, I never get anything good. You know, it's always the same old, same old, uh, you know, pizza, coupons, stuff like that. But this year, Mrs. Duper went out on a limb and ordered me the Perfect Package 3.0 from Manscaped.com. You've probably seen their ads. Uh, you know, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Don't be the hairiest Jedi in the resistance. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a waterproof and skin-safe trimmer that will reduce nicks to your two best friends. It is an absolutely fantastic shaver, a quality, quality product, and really easy to use. It, they even include instructions to help you out. One of the most powerful forces in the galaxy is your lightsaber, so keep yours clean with the Lawnmower 3.0. They also include the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits, why not? Down there in the smelliest part of your body. For on-the-go freshness, you can also use their wonderful Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. It's all included in the Perfect Package 3.0. And if you act now using our code FSWRADIO, that's all in caps, you'll get 20% off free shipping with the code FSWRADIO at manscaped.com. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FSWRADIO at manscaped.com. May the force be with your balls. Um, I mean, that's a great eulogy, by the way, for, for Jeremy and, and, you know, you yourself and, and many other people have just said some wonderful things about him. Um, but what, what were you thinking in, in light of all of this, you know, the sadness of his passing and, and the emotions there, but then at the same time, when you saw Boba Fett return here at the end of episode nine of The Mandalorian and then this whole season, how, describe your feelings, I mean, uh, knowing that he's going to get to kick ass, but I mean, what, what else were you thinking? Have, did you have any intimations? Did anybody leak this information to you possibly through the grapevine? Uh, Describe that whole experience. About Boba Fett or Jeremy? About, about Boba Fett. So coming back. Oh, no, no, no. Nobody leaks anything. So you, you no, were just like a normal anything. fan through all of this, watching him come back yeah. on the screen. Yeah, exactly the same as everyone. I wait, wait until midnight. Wow. So I can watch it. Yeah, I'm exactly, I mean, that's how, that's what separates me from a lot of the other guys that are in the movie is that I was a fan for decades for being included. 
So it was really weird because I was put into the special edition and I was put with all these guys that, you know, uh, 20 years older than I am. So I'm like the kid, you know, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm not, not just the, the, you know, to, compared to them, I'm the young guy. You know, right. I'm the old guy, I'm 54, but to them, I'm the young guy. And so, you know, the, I mean, the last big con I did was Nashville, and that's where they, they had a, a whole bunch of guys from the cantina were there. And all those guys know each other. And it, it's, so, it's so nice to be included in, in that group. But, you know, they see me as, you know, one of the family now. But I remember at the beginning, it was very much like, oh, I was a fanboy amongst the group. Mm. So I'm a fan the same as uh, everybody else. I, I, I was a, it was because of my fandom, fanness. Your level my, of fan. My uh, level of fan. Fandom. <laughs> whatever the grammatical word is, uh, that they let me be Boba Fett in the first place. That's why I first got that phone call saying, guess what? Don't build your hopes up, but they might need someone to jump in the costume. And so I wouldn't have got that phone call if, Don hadn't known I was like the hugest Boba Fett fan on the planet. The eight men, anyway. Right. And there's there's guys that beat my collection now, but back in the day, I had the probably the biggest collection. <laughs> so thinking, right, Mark back- was, was Mark was that your acting debut then? Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm not an actor. I, I did acting as a child. I was uh, did lots of theatre, and I always wanted to be an actor. And I'm, my stepfather. Uh, said you can't be an actor because you've got to live in Hollywood. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Did it? Did so it? Did it kid, change? I, I chucked it out. I'm just okay. Forget yeah. that career. I was going to say, did it change the dynamic around Lucasfilm when you're in meetings and you got to say, well, as the guy who played Boba Fett, I think what we should be doing is. Yeah, did you get any power dynamic shift, or was it just uh, back back to work as normal afterwards? Actually. In, in my in my field, which is you know special effects and animation, in my field I'm known as the animated guy. Like you know, and I, I made a pretty good name for myself in the animation field. And that everyone says, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot you were Boba Fett." They all always say that. They forget. No, no one remembers. Fans would think of that first. But in the in, in animation industry and in the effects industry and movie industry, primarily they think of me as the effects guy. So things are and sort of like, demarcated. And it's like, oh yeah, you were Boba Fett. They kind of tag that on. But you have to remember since, you know, this, this was shot in uh, 1994, the, the footage. But it took until about 2015 for anyone to realize it was me. So oh wow! It was, like, it, was, it was like twenty years of anon- being anonymous. Uh, it's just like twenty years. Of my my, my family would know, my friends would know, and then it would stop because anyone they told would read. No, I don't believe you. Right. I don't believe you. Like, yeah, right. No, this Jeremy Bullock. I think you look. You know, if you look up, it's Jeremy Bullock. And so, uh, I didn't get any acknowledgement as for the part I played for twenty years afterwards. And I, I'd given up at that point. I'd given up telling people because people didn't, just didn't believe you. You didn't have a credit on the movie. My credit on the movie was for the effects that I did six months afterwards doing the creature effects. But uh, there's no Boba Fett credit. In a way, you also emerged from the Sarlacc pit, as it were, with fans. <laughs> I mean, now <laughs> you, you know, I did. for a long time. It's social you... media. <laughs> social media grabbed me from that Sarlacc pit because people on social media started to ask the question, of, who was the guy that played that? Who, who was that? And so people were a bit more curious. Like the hardcore fans at first were a bit more curious. And, uh, and so people did start to know. Interesting. But uh, it's been a long, hard crawl out of that Sarlacc. Well, <laughs> you know, fans fans have seemed, uh, you know, of course, there's obsessed fans who've been following the backstory in the EU for Boba Fett for years and that, and they seem divided a little bit about the Mandalorian backstory for Boba Fett yeah. and Jango Fett. I mean, given like episode six where he says, like, my father yeah. had this armor and everything, and even the show seemed inconsistent a little bit where Boba Fett seemed to be a Mandalorian, and then in the last episode, he's like, I'm not a Mandalorian. Um, yeah. So what is your... A headcanon backstory for Boba Fett in terms of all of that with being a Mandalorian or not. and I mean, I, I was always a big advocate of him being a Mandalorian, but until I saw uh, this season play out, 
and I kind of like what they did with it. I kind of like what they did with it. I kind of like that he dons the armor, but he has no, uh, you know, he's he is not, uh, he's got no affiliation. He's got no, affiliation no politics with, with it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's uh, whoever pays the fee, you know, and that's all he cares about. But with that, I, I love the fact that they've layered into that uh, a layer of honor, you know, that he's like, no, I, I made a pact. I can't give up on this until I get you safely to that, that child. You know, that's, that's, that's the deal. I love the fact he has it on. And even when he, he kind of like, you know, gets like snarky with uh, Bo-Katan and, you know, about, you know, them with their Mandalorian calls, he does say, you know, he, he's, he's honorable when, when they go to uh, Moff Gideon's ship. He says, you know, good luck in there. You know, be careful. He's like, he the best, I really... It. I really enjoyed that the insult she gives him the uh, I've heard your voice a thousand times before. Yeah. That was yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I because I did write uh, when I when I uh, was at Lucasfilm, I wrote a short story about uh, Boba Fett escaping from the Sarlacc, and I sent it to my friends. And all my friends were like, "Oh, this is great! You should. What happens next?" And so I wrote a bit, a bit more of it, a bit more of it, more. End up writing thirty-four chapters of this story. Oh wow! <laughs> and they put, uh, I think, the first five chapters on the website for the fan club. But uh, the search for chapters, anyway, I kind of left it open ended because I thought, oh, what, when I find out what they do with him, I'll tie it into it. But the story is about Boba Fett, uh, kind of dealing with the fact that he's he's you know has to suffer this. He, he messed up, you know. But it's like things went wrong. He had a bad day. You know, and so it's him kind of climbing back on the horse and emotionally as well. And uh, and he, in my story, he does pair up with, uh, with Fortuna and the, kind of the two of them have all of uh, Jabba's assets and the rest of the huts, one of the assets as well, and it's this whole big chase. So uh, now that I've got the, the you know, that, that last teaser, at the end of the credits, the end credits scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can, I can, I can work into that. I can, I can revisit my story. And one thing that bothered me a little bit about that was just like, I mean, I love that scene. I, I, I mean, Fat Fortuna is now canon, which is just wonderful. <laughs> it's like Dewanawanga. Like I love Big yeah, Fortuna. Yeah, yeah. He was one of my yeah. favorite, uh, you know, characters in the Return of the Jedi. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just such a weirdo. <laughs> I love him with those weird nails and just his design. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If you look at the background, he does some amazing facial stuff as well. Like just like little reactions during the whole thing. He, he gave a great performance, but. I, I was a little bit kind of weirded out that, you know, here we have uh, Boba Fett now sitting on the throne of Jabba's palace, and he seems to be kind of taking power in a way, but he didn't seem at yeah. all concerned about the Darksaber or the Mandalorian politics or the power involved in that. So it's just like, you know, it just seems sort of strange to me that he cares about the one so much, but just the other, he was just like, yeah, I, I don't have time for that. My only, my only thing I could think of to grasp that for that was that in Jabba's decision to make a big show of you know getting rid of these Jedi's and his friends and, and insisted on the big Sarlacc pit kind of performance with theatrics and stuff, you know Boba Fett's not he's not that thinking he's like just get rid of them, you know? right? Bang bang bang, clean we're done. Why go through with this big show? And so the only thing I can think of is that he's pissed that that they, they insisted on doing this thing, which ultimately ended up in his failure. He's ending up in a side pit. I'm going to get revenge on those guys. I am, I'm pissed that they put me through this. Uh, I'm taking what's, I'm taking something back, you know? It does seem so, like it's going to be a bit of a revenge story. I can imagine almost like a, bla so. a blacklist kind of thing where he's got like a hit each episode that he's trying to like destroy somebody or something like that. That would be great. Yeah. Oh, well, here's, just here's, here's what I, huts, you know? what, what I, what I thought was, you know, maybe, you know, we, we don't know if he was paid once he got Jabba there. Maybe he was still hanging around the palace waiting to, to get paid. Maybe he's like a construction worker who works for Trump, you know, and doesn't, doesn't get paid right away. <laughs> maybe. So, so maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he had some, uh, maybe that was it. He just saw, yeah, but also, you know, bounty hunter, if he could lay claim to the throne, why not? 
Um, I, I'm interested to see how that ties into, you know, because now they've mentioned that the Ahsoka show and the Rangers of the New Republic will tie into the Mandalorian and then have some sort of joint conclusion. They, they've teased, they don't know if it's, we don't know if it's a movie or a series or a miniseries, but I, I imagine at some point Boba Fett's going to, it's, it, I'd also read an article that said, wouldn't it be interesting if the book of Boba Fett was also part flashback? So we fill in, you know, more yeah, of his backstory because, be because awesome. we still don't know really exactly how, you know, young 10 year old Boba Fett became, you know, really took up, took up his dad's mantle and, and became this fierce bounty hunter. There's that amazing gap between empire and Jedi of getting, um, Han Solo in Carbonite to Jabba's palace, which would make an amazing sort of Max Mad Max Fury Road kind of story. Because you know, I know some things like Dash Rendar and, and Shadows of the Empire sort of touched on that time period, but you know, there's a lot to explore with them there. Then there's the whatever happened after he got out of the Sarlacc pit. So there are there are there are many chapters of Boba Fett still to, to fill in. Guys, plus I, moving forward, I think yeah. you're forgetting about an obvious like one hour long shot, and maybe you, Darth Drivel, should should direct this one. You know, uh, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> kind of in spirit, like buried Boba Fett, one long shot escaping from the Sarlacc pit, like in total darkness, and like he's got to like fiddle with his little technical things, and like just make it like oh, one like that long movie shot. buried. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's an actual thing. Like if they don't do that, it's a missed opportunity. I think it'd be brilliant. So, Mark, Mark, you you interact with the fan community a lot, and, and and you know you do these appearances and interviews. Does it give you anxiety anxiety at all that they're expanding Boba Fett? Because now it's like you have to go back to school, and you already have your master's degree, and now you're gonna have to get your doctorate because there's gonna be so much more information <laughs> to not be called out as a, as a fraud by the fans because you're gonna have to learn everything in real time. The tapping with Boba Fett now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do get I do get ripped for my lack of like the knowledge of some of the details or mispronunciation of something that but the uh what I was gonna say was I was thinking back to when I did that con with Jeremy I mentioned and we went up and did that panel and one of the questions was uh what did I think or one of the questions Jeremy Jeremy had the mic and it was a one mic that passed between the four of us for that only one person talking. Jeremy had the mic, and someone said, uh, "What do you what do you think about the rumors?" This was back then of a Boba Fett spin-off movie. That was the big news back then. Spin-off movie. It was all the you know it's all the that was in the rumor about. mill, as it were. Right? We that was in the rumor mill. Years. Yeah, that was way up there. So they said. That, so Jeremy said, uh, "I think this is one for you, Mark." And he passed the mic to me. Oh, jeez, thanks. Because uh, I knew what my answer was, I didn't know how it would be uh, received. So all I said was that I was nervous about the handling of it. I said, you know, because there had been a lot of uh, there hadn't been too many Star Wars successes with the with the spinoffs back then. So I was just worried that they wouldn't handle it for the delicacy. It, required you know if they're just going to just run with some story so that's all i said and, and the crowd i guess wasn't that wasn't the answer they wanted you know they were all going to for a spin-off movie imagine that but, that star wars fans got mad at the creators who invested their time hard energy and lives and sweat and tears in creating this content <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no i i i just was it could have gone it could have gone ill so many ways like i when someone asked me about uh, what I think about everything that's panned out in the Mandalorian season two, I said that it's almost like Dave Filoni and John Favreau kind of like peeked into my head and saw all the things like, on my wish list and kind of included them, like even to the point with including Bib Fortune at the end. That you know, like I said, it was in my original story that, that, that he has a thing with him and sets him uh, kind of maintaining Jabba's business while he's often. In, in my story, Bib Fortuna's like thinks with their partners, and he goes, "No, you're a be- you're a bench warmer, basically. You know, you're just holding the the seat for me." Hmm. So it kind of everything kind of fit with everything I saw was like everything that fit with my own story of like the stuff that happened between the Sarlacc and when he arrives at, overlooking uh, at Moss Pelgo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he's when he's up there. So my story fits right in in between those two so i'd love to get it out this year but trouble is i'm not sure what they're going to do with the book of both it might contradict anything i i release so um, it's going to take me probably 
know, a good six months to finish that. But I've got so many other projects, though. I've got so many projects. I've got loads of painting projects I work on. So, and I'm full time working on a movie. So it's, it's hard to squeeze in all my fan you know, wish list. You're speaking my language, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a work, I'm a working filmmaker, but I'm also, I do have this, this Star Wars fan film and access to members of the 501st and, and everything. Yeah. I've got all the favors lined up. I've got everything to do. And it's just about, yeah. it's, it's that time factor, time. right? When to, when to do it. You know, when is the thing not paying the yeah. bills? When to do yeah. it? Yeah, it's <laughs> like the other week. I, 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 I can do a, I can do a pretty good out of Guinness. And so I was saying that. I have a I have a Obi-Wan Kenobi costume. How about we go to uh, Vasco's Rocks, record some footage, and we just uh, you know deep fake Alec Guinness's face onto onto mine <laughs> and have some content. <laughs> and it's just great ideas, but it's just finding that time to do all these things. So. Just a quick well, I'll, I'll just I'll I'll <laughs> say it's a good thing I don't live in Los Angeles anymore, or else we might convince uh, convince each other to to waste all of yeah. our time doing that <laughs> yeah. instead of what's paying the bills. Yeah. You should, you should. Um, so so uh, Mark, tell us, you know, uh, thinking about this new show, the the Boba, the Book of Boba Fett, um, that that's going to become whether whether it's going to be a miniseries or a movie or a backstory, uh, could be all three, I suppose. Some people have said it's actually going to be Mandalorian season three, um, yeah, that that is what the show is. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. my question is, would you like to see Boba Fett get it on with Fennec Shand, and what would you name Baby Boba, and could he get his own miniseries as well? Boba and Fennec. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I never even thought of that. I mean, has uh, there been anything with clones having romantic relations? I can't think of anything like in Clone Wars or do they have the parts? Do they work? Does <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, if you, if you were going to design a clone, you'd switch that off so that, you know, the mind was like, you know, <laughs> right? fully invested. Boba was like a normal uh, clone, right? He, he raised, So I assume he went through all the, uh, you yeah. know, he probably had pubes that he needed to shave yeah. with manscaped.com, our sponsor, just like any uh, any normal uh, human in the, yeah. in the galaxy, right? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, before before the uh, we saw Boba, uh, I'm good friends with Daniel Logan. And so I know he was a big advocate for like wanting, you know, he was always wanting to maybe jump in the suit to take up the role and i said to him i said that would make sense if if you were the son of boba fett and he had a romantic with fennec or whoever someone and had a a, a baby that it would make sense that you would be the shoe in for the role i said but the fact that he was given a clone of himself that's gonna age normally kind of nixes you from ever having the part because it has to look identical to tamira you know, it has to be. Yeah. It has to. It has to be Morrison. It has to be. It, it, he's a clone. He's not a son of. He's a clone. So I said, if he was a son of, then it'd be you. But he's a clone raised as a son. So it has to be. He has to be identical. You know, even his mannerisms and his speech, everything. He's a clone. His movement and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just amazing that they were able to get him back for this because I know he's done a lot of work. Know, and yeah. He looked good. A lot of people were making fun of his dad bod, but I thought that scene on Tython. <laughs> matured. Was, what a badass. Yeah, he's matured. And, and I love the Guffy stick as well. I've always loved Guffy sticks. I've always been a big fan of Tuscan Raiders. I have a Tuscan Raider costume myself. I made I, I'm huge. <laughs> I love Tuscan Raiders. And so the fact that he used a Guffy stick and he just like you know, took them all out. And so there's like hand to hand where he wasn't relying on gadgets. You know, he isn't, you know, the guy that, you know, does everything from afar. He can get up there close and personal and uh, duke it out with the best of them and, and improvise, you know. So um, to be honest, Mark, are you are you were you not seriously actually the screenwriter on this season? And this is like a big secret that you can't divulge. And <laughs> I'm seeing all these things collide, like your Boba Fett interest, your <laughs> Tuscan Raider guy. Like that's what I'm saying. It's sure weird. They, they looked in my head. Uh, I I like like I said in my story when I have him escape the Sarlacc. Uh, the first uh, people he encounters is a group of um, Tuscan Raiders with a Ronto herd. And because he's outnumbered, he goes into the Rondo herd, causes the Rondo herd to kind of stampede, so it's mayhem, and then takes out uh, the Tuscan Raiders that way. And so, you know, and he 
and I'm not sure if I can't remember. It's been so long ago since I've read what I've written, but uh, I don't know if he, him, I don't, he would pick up a Guffy stick or one of their weapons, you know. So, like I said, it's everything kind of fits with uh, my wish list. And you have to remember, like, you know, we're debating about the, 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 the teaser at the end, but you have to realize that it's the perfect teaser because it, it spawns these questions. You know, it's going to have people deliberating what, what's to come for 10 months. It was perfect. Of course. It just gives you enough to ask questions, you know. So I love that, that you are like, oh, what's he going to do next? And why did he do it? And, you know, that's, that's, that's what a cliffhanger is all about. So that's, it was the know, perfect all, cliffhanger. All, all original. I mean, Star Wars is the master of all cliffhangers, right, with Empire Strikes yeah. Back. So it's, uh, it's, it's very fitting. And, and we only have to wait 10 months, as you say, versus three years. So that's, that's the, yeah. uh, the saving grace now that productions can happen faster. Uh, yeah. I have a two-part question for you, Mark. I, I, you know, as, a, as an animator and an effects person, um, part one of the question, do you have a, a proudest effect or animation that you worked on in the Star Wars world? And then do you have a proudest you know, animation that you've done uh, in, in any project, film or TV show? Um, the proudest uh, effect I did in Star Wars was the uh, the stormtrooper dismounting off the dewback. There's one shot. Okay, this is yep. a throwaway shot. It's three PO and R two in the foreground. I know it very cantina. well. Okay, and so they had a couple of troopers in the live action plate, and they wanted me to put dewback in there. So I was like, "Well, I'm not going to have the dewback just standing out. I'll have him sniff the backpack of one of the troopers who seems to be you know brought into work." And I had this CG trooper dismount and lucas uh, saw it and he said is is that live action i think we shot uh, someone and uh, comped them in i said no it's uh i, I animated that and he was like holy sh-. and he'd blown away and so uh that was i was gonna say that's a little bit like saying that george lucas couldn't tell that it was animated when he first looked at it that's your that's like being anointed yeah. by the king that that's so- your uh I was, I was, but the learner, but now I am the master moment for you. <laughs> yeah, that, Master faker there, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say either that or, um, there was another one where, um, I had a, it's a very ugly shot. It was uh, a shot. It was all boarded out. And the, the, the shot starts with a Dubak's ass in camera, basically. It's just a big okay. butt in camera, ugly, <laughs> ugly opening to a shot. <laughs> Ugly butt of a dewback, not the nicest uh, view, you know. Nothing, nothing great about the back of a dewback. It's but, like that shot in um, Force Awakens when Finn is getting the water, and that you see the the oh, yeah, 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 hippopotamus like yeah, yeah. creature. Exactly <laughs> like that. So this dewback goes off, and as it goes off, you see the four stormtroopers, you know, uh, accompanying it, and it goes over up a hill. And uh, I looked at it, and I had to block out the shot, so I blocked out the shot with the real dewback and the plate and everything like that to match the boards. And I had the, the dewback just sliding over, you know, no walk cycle yet. And so I blocked it out to kind of – it's mainly for size for composition, to make sure you use scalars right and everything like that. And uh, Once I'd done it, I was like, this is, this is a damn this is an ugly shot. I, I want to try another version. So I did another version where, uh, if you're the camera, I, I had the dewback kind of uh, – facing the camera and then the stormtrooper kind of like pulls on the reins and he slowly comes around and it ends up the same ends up to cut on the tail but it's not just all a do back but from the beginning to end and i put it into dailies and the producer saw two versions he's like what's the two what's the two versions about i said well one's an alternate version we can't put that in there i thought like, why not he goes well that's uh that's you know that's being disrespectful to mr lucas I said, no. I said, I'm giving Mr. Lucas all the power. He says, I want version A or I want version B, whichever one he wants, I'll do. No, no, you've got to take it out. got to take it out of the, the Davis playlist. I mean, we're talking about like a six-second shot here. There's, they, a, there's, there's a nothing there's... shot. There's a nothing shot. And uh, so I, went, I was up at my desk and I was you know, hovering over the delete button and I was like, you know what, Dan, I'm going to leave it in there and just see what happens. And so, you know, when it comes up in front of Mr. Lucas, he's like, what's this? And I see the producer's face turn purple and I just fuming. I thought I told him 
I said, oh, um, that's just an alternate version. And that's the version he chose. So uh, that's, that was an, another proud moment that I managed to kind of avoid another one of those horrid Ronto shots. You know, the Ronto shot this feeder that I absolutely loathe and I hated doing. <laughs> and, it, and that started as just a walk cycle of a Ronto. And it just, in the space of five minutes, inflated to this utter ridiculous nonsense that 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 happens and then we leave it it's like i didn't understand it was i wasn't being lazy by opting for the simpler version because it's an establishing shot but you know the shot the ronto rearing up and the speed mm -hmm. horrible With the jawas that, that is the opposite of my proudest i <laughs> i i tried to fight that one and i lost it's in the movie so so did it go from it, 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 I, I'm imagining that the original Star Wars is is a major inspiration for wanting to get into this field. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so then you get then you get told you get to update, you know, your your one of your favorite films, your inspiration of all time, which must be exhilarating. But then you end up really wait, what are what are we doing to it? I don't want to do I know, this. I know. There's so many good things, but uh, equally enough bad things. And I will say that I had nothing to do with the, the, the Han and Greedo I heard about when I was at Disney. And this is, I've been there a few months, and I thought it was just a rumor because, oh, no, I finished. I finished everything. But they did mess with some stuff after I left. They messed with they, or they made the, the, the Han sh uh, no, Greedo, Greedo shoots first, yeah. ridiculousness. And also, they took one of my shots. One of my shots was uh, a shot. It was a big craning shot of them going up most nicely in the speeder. And at the beginning of it, they added a, a, a loading droid thumping another one on the head or something like that, thumping their little probe droid. And I was like, damn it, what? Messing with, you know, you don't want people messing with your work. <laughs> but of course. Someone yeah. went back and added that in. And I'm like, ah. Again, it was like, what's the point of that? It's, it did. It did get me. It did get me one of my favorite um, South Park episodes, though, where uh, they find out that you know Lucas and Spielberg are planning on digitally altering Indiana Jones, so the kids go to Lucasfilm to break in and steal the negatives, and all of it because they, they put all the the walkie talkies in the in the police officers' hands and ET as well. So they break in and all of the um, all of the guards or stormtroopers and they're just all holding big walkie-talkies like they would hold yeah, a rifle. Yeah, jangling keys yeah, yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, to answer your, uh, your second part of your question, your second part of the question mm -hmm. was like, what was I, the non-Star Wars. Non-Star Wars proudest moment, uh, much harder to answer. But if I had to pick one thing off the top of my head, it would be, there's a, there was a big scene I did for Avengers and they always use it for the HBO specials. Uh, it's a shot where I had to create an orbiting camera, and I had to position it in front of uh, Stark Tower, which is the MetLife building. Okay. So I had to make a, 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 a circular track for the camera that was the width of that bridge. And it's a shot of all the Avengers, and they use it for all the promos you know it's a big circular orbiting shot and they all come down different and you know looking like this you know just before everything goes down that was probably my I'm, I'm very proud of that shot just because i've seen it i don't know how many times and that shot i had to do maybe i did about 60 60 versions of it because it kept changing the order Mm. that the Avengers were. It kept saying, oh, no, like we want Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, can we ha I had a version with uh, Hulk up on a, a, a crushed taxi cab like, right in the background, and they changed a lot of things. They start with Hulk now, hmm. but hmm. they kept changing the order. So every time they changed the order, everything had to change. So pain in the butt. But that's part of the, I mean, that's they show it all the time. That's part of the problem with, with the technology of film now. You can do anything which means you can spend endless amounts of time tweaking yeah, and changing, yeah, and, yeah. you know, um, you know, made, made famous by, by George Lucas and, and, and altering the star Wars movies, you know, but even, you know, the one, the one saving grace, I think is these movies have very definitive opening weekends that are coming. And what was interesting is I, I, um, living in LA, you know, you, your neighbors with all kinds of strange people and, uh, 
somebody who worked in post-production at Sony and was telling me that like, you know, the version that hits theaters in the U S there's, there's still unfinished effects galore. And then when it goes international, sometimes they've upgraded the effects and the scenes and tweaked sound design. And then by mm -hmm. the time it hits home video, it's changed even further. And then by the time it hits streaming is sort of like, that's the definitive edition, but you know, you might find yeah. variations in, in each country you see it, uh, depending on the release schedule. Well, that's, when I was working on Lucasfilm, that was more my, you know, I was always the last person on. The effects are always the last per, per people on the mm -hmm. show. They've already edited it all together, just dropping the effects in. Once it all dropped in, they can release the movie. Um, but uh, the last 11 years I've been working in previous, so we're the first people on. Yeah. So, you know, you decide how we're going to tell this story visually, what camera lenses, you know, where we're going to put the camera, how close we're going to put the camera. Uh, you know, you do versions of versions until something goes through that accident, decent enough blueprint that they can send it off and, uh, you know, shoot the live action place based upon your previous. It's a completely different process now. It's it's now now you just drop in the live stuff, right? I mean, you, you create the whole thing in a computer and then just drop in the little, like there are effects shots now, like the people are the effect shots that uh, the way it used to be done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the shame is that, um, that because we have no uh, union in VFX, um, that usually VFX are the ones that are screwed over when it comes to credits. And I found that ever since I moved from VFX to uh, more previs or cinematography, you know, the front end, um, that you're dropped even more. So uh, I, there's a movie that released recently that I thought I was going to get credit on because I worked six months on it and worked really closely with actually Plo Kloon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was the effects supervisor for that show. Okay. So it's funny that Boba Fett and Plo Kloon are making this movie together. <laughs> it's called it's called uh, Love and Monsters. It just released this year. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, I know. it. So I, I did all the creature effects in this thing, and uh, and I had one of my animators say, oh, I've seen the movie, and everything we did is in there, which is what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. But they never mentioned a credit, and so I said, I'm assuming that you haven't mentioned any credit information that we are uncredited. And they said, yeah, not even MPC was credited. Hmm. So it's a shame. Plo, you let me down, Matt Sloan. Well, that's why Plokun got killed in Order Damn 66. You. You know, he, he's, a, he's a Jedi uh, on, by name, but, but he doesn't have the integrity of... No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so, so this is... The, 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 wait, hold on. This is breaking news. Yes. Plokun went to the dark side. We heard it here first. Plokun. Yeah. We'll have to write an article about it. So, yeah. so this whole idea of tinkering, you know, with the effects and everything, it's also sort of what's happening with the canon and, you know, the new elements that, that uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have been adding into the scene and the I mean just bringing back Boba Fett at all is sort of tinkering um, but he had a lot of new gadgets which which I think a lot of fans are excited about to see in the season like the rocket launcher we finally saw how it works with the yeah. viewfinder yeah. the knee yeah. pad missiles no, this like, one. what other that what one. other gadgets uh, for Boba Fett would you have liked to have seen or do you want to see in the future oh I'll got time I, I would like to see more stuff through the the visor just like they have been doing a couple of times. But I also mm -hmm. wanted to, I also had a big thing about, I always thought that Boba Fett, if, if it was lights out or smoke, that he would be quite fine with those uh, sonic, uh, so, sonar kind of, like he has almost like a sonar, like he can Like echo see. location, kind of like a exactly. bat or something? Exactly. So, so uh, he's got that, you know, he's he can see when no one else can. I always thought that that would be a good thing to play up on the fact that he can like, listen in and use the range finder to kind of listen in as well as uh, view stuff. Um, I mean, they, they touched on it. I, he used the rifle, I think, in the, it was one of the first episodes of season one. They could when do a spin-off of Boba Fett as like a nightcrawler, night like going around, like <laughs> spying on people. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm really excited. Like it was really neat to see the sort of like, rotation uh like uh seating area or bay area in the in the slave one 
yeah. know, that, that like they like to keep everybody sort of level as the ship flies in all different angles. I thought that was really interesting. That that was questionable where those windows are. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, where's this? Where's this light? Where's this new window? You have to buy the new uh, Lego set to find out. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe. it's like one of those I, things I where, like, with the Millennium so. Falcon too. You know, they said yeah. like it doesn't actually physically work, but it works on film, right? Like, of I don't course, know exactly yeah, yeah. how that fits together, but yeah. you know, yeah. uh, it, it looked good. So that's that, all. That, that's know. always that's that's always my argument when people get into like the the physics of, of the bombs and the last Jedi, the bomber ships or the, or the, the hyper, the hyper jump that's uh, using it as a suicide mission and, and people, and I just have to remind people constantly, there is no sound in outer space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, love yeah. Uh, like 15 specific sound effects from this movie and, right. and you let that go. So let, let's not get too caught up in the physics yeah. of things. You know? Yeah. That's why, I mean, that, that you save that for movies like uh, gravity, you know, that's yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect for the realism. That's, <laughs> Star Wars, we want engine noises, you know. Yeah, you guys yeah. are breaking my hearts here. I thought this was basically like a real story, and this is filmed like a documentary. <laughs> it really. It says really... a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Pissing in true. my cornflakes this early Sunday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was say one last question. So, Mark, have have you have you had a chance to? appear in fan films or do some other acting outside of this this boba yeah. Fett performance yep yeah i did uh, 22 episodes of no disintegrations for the fan club oh wow see this there's is a whole boba know. fett series no, on uh if you go to no disintegrations.tv just one word no disintegrations.tv uh that's i did 22 episodes for the fan club they, they're talking about doing the second season because it was it has a very uh, you know, niche following because it's mm-hmm. uber, uber hardcore fat fan comedy. Like you've got to know okay. all those little, the, the words and the, 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 like I said, the stuff that I get pulled up from not knowing, mm-hmm. I get told off. We've been recording one of these episodes and I mispronounce, you know, one of the words and get told off. But, but we, they're talking about doing a, a second season. You've got such as kind of like cult following all these hardcore mm-hmm. kind of like fans that, we're clamoring for more, so they're writing a second season, and yeah, I'm working with the fan club on that. They're very funny. If you've not seen them, I strongly recommend you know get on there and, and put them on because they're 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 pretty short, right? I mean, it's not like an yeah, hour yeah. show. They're they're no. little nuggets, and you can yeah. kind of watch them at your leisure. And they're they're all kind of self contained. Yeah, there's uh, I had one around here like a script, but some of the scripts would be one page long, some of the scripts would be four pages long. Man, it's like it was a lot of talking for Boba Fett. That was the only thing. So when they were talking about you know, how do we do this? Do you, do you want to uh, imitate the you know, the Tamar Morrison voice? Do you want to do the Jason Wingreen voice? And so we did a couple of tests and we put it out there. And everyone said, you know, I'd rather just do it in your voice because it's meant to be, not meant to be t- taken too seriously. It's, you know, it's just because it's too wordy for Boba Fett. Bo- so, Boba, Fett's like, Boba Fett's like Bond or Batman where you can change it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, we just made it, made it more, it's tongue-in-cheek humor. And so if it's tongue-in-cheek humor, then why go realism? So it's, a, it's kind of more my natural accent. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun. Fun. Yeah, fan, fans What's... will enjoy them for sure. I mean, they're they're yeah. definitely you know if you're a big Boba Fett fan and you like comedy, you'll enjoy yeah. these for sure. So. Yeah. What's what's great for what, what's great for me is I'm always behind on everything cool. So now that I discover it, I get to watch the entire season. Um, you know, so it's, it's Christmas. It's Christmas every day for me when I discover things because I'm never in on the ground floor. Yeah, yeah, and they, they don't go in order. They're all just like snippets. It's standalones. Yeah, yeah, it's either. We based it upon either he was broadcasting uh, kind of like a uh, a TED talk to other bounty hunters, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, amazing. Or, or he was uh, actually sending a message to somebody, but we always made it that he was sending a, a mission, uh, a transmission from Slave One. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, enjoy. So where can fans uh, where can fans follow you, Mark, and uh, and uh, get to know you a little bit more? Do you have any? I mean, no coronavirus. You probably don't have any um, in person appearances, but I know you're active on Twitter with your artwork and with other things that you've you've been doing. So uh, how can fans follow you and, and get a little closer to what you're working on? Uh, nearly everything uh, that I put whether it's on Twitter or YouTube is under Boba Fett A N H S E. 
a New Hope special edition. And um, yeah, so I have a YouTube channel that I'm has actually grown quite a lot. I, I started off with like maybe 10 videos on there now. It's more like 50 now. Getting up to like 50 videos now. So a lot of time-lapse stuff. There's going to be more stuff coming. But yeah, Boba Fett ANHSC. Do you have a TikTok yet? A Boba Fett TikTok? <laughs> TikTok, no. <laughs> Boba Fett doesn't do dance moves. I have the Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, and YouTube. And Vimeo. But Vimeo is under Mark Anthony Austin. Great, great. Well, if you're a fan of Boba Fett and uh, the uh, New Hope Special Edition especially, but uh, you know, just in general, Mark Austin's a great authority on, on cinema and, and special effects, and he's got some amazing work out there, uh, even apart from his work with Boba Fett and, and the fan community. So I definitely invite you all to check him out. I'd like to thank uh, Darth Drivel as well for being in the studio with me today. Is there anything you'd like to say as a parting, parting uh, shot to our fans out there, uh, Mr. Lord Drivel? Uh, just keep keep tuning in because I think Stormtrooper's doing a wonderful job and, and bringing you amazing guests like this. What a what a great treat to be a Star Wars fan and get to talk to people involved in uh, in the creation of of, of my all time favorite movies. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Drivel. Your checks in the mail. and unfortunately that's all we have time for this week you can follow us on faking star wars on twitter and instagram at faking star wars or facebook at facebook.com slash real faking star wars you can also follow me at storm duper on twitter and please submit questions for us on twitter using the hashtag fsw radio and we'll read it on the next show would also like to announce that we have a t-shirt sale going right now through Saturday. Um, you can get uh, t-shirts and other great gear on sale at bit.ly slash fswmerch. If you like what you hear and want to support the podcast, we really, really love having new Patreon supporters. We treat you like kings. And you can join at patreon.com slash fakingstarwars and sign up to become a patron. You'll support us fakers financially so that we can keep making the great content that you love and you'll get a reward. You can join for as little as one measly buck a month. You can join Fake Jedi Padawan Stephen Howard, Rick Swift, The Mediacratics, Darth Taxis, and Keith Harmon, who support us at the Fake Jedi Knight level. If you haven't written us a review yet, please write us a five-star review on iTunes, Podchaser, or your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us appear when people search for Star Wars on their podcast app. And if you write a funny review, we will read it on an upcoming episode. One last thing, don't forget to join our FSW Discord server. It's a free online chat room full of fakers discussing Star Wars, nerd culture topics, and even playing some games. The link is bit.ly slash FSW Discord. That's FSW all in caps. And lastly, don't forget to support our sponsor, Manscaped. That's manscaped.com, and you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FSWRADIO all in caps. Stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for the best in Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and all of our great followers for listening. May the foe be with you. See you next time.